Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. God could have created mankind so that there was no choice but that man would love God. But God gave mankind the choice because the greatest love of all is the love that is not forced or coerced. Mankind love uh, love for God is most genuine when we have the choice of loving God and the choice to, to choose or to reject God. And so God gave mankind the free will, the free will to choose to love God or to reject God. And of course, man chose to reject God's love and to do things his own way, to, to live his life according to his own desire and his own will rather than following God. And as a result, uh, mankind suffered the penalty of sin, the penalty of sin being that uh, there would be eternal separation from God, that uh, no longer would mankind have the, the freedom of living for all eternity to be uh, uh, in God's presence to worship Him and to, and to be uh, able to commune with God. But because of man's sin, it separated us from God. God could have said, well, I gave it a try. I let them have a choice and just uh, forgive, forget us and let us go on our way. As many in, in society and the world theorize about God, that God just simply created all of existence and wound it all up and set the spinning top down and let it go. And however that top went and however that uh, creation went, desired to go, would be the direction in which mankind would go and never again to interfere, never again to intercede, never again to, to make a connection with His creation, just to simply let all of creation go its own way. But man, uh, God didn't do that. From the very beginning, God said, because of your sin, you require, uh, it requires a blood sacrifice. And God came together with Adam and Eve in the garden and offered the, the, uh, uh, the first sacrifice of shedding of blood there in the garden. It also provided them with, with clothing to wear because they realized they were naked before God. Throughout history and throughout uh, uh, time, man has sought to come back in a right relationship with God, but because of our inability to offer the, the, the proper payment for our sins, the best we could do would be to, to offer up the blood of animals, burnt sacrifices. And we talked about the other uh, uh, day about the number of sacrifices, the number of people there in Jerusalem during a Passover. 
and thousands and thousands of animals were offered in sacrifice and the blood literally flows down from the from the uh, the altar down into the Kidron Valley and, and turns the, uh, the river there that runs through it into blood because of all the blood that is sacrificed. All the animals are sacrificed in the Day of Atonement, the day in which they offer a sacrifice for their sins. But each year another sacrifice has to be made. Uh, continually another sacrifice has to be made because uh, mankind is unable to provide a sacrifice that is sufficient until Jesus Christ came. Jesus came and God in flesh came and dwelt amongst us and sought to relate to us the love of God and to cause us to see God for who He is and His desire for our life and walked with mankind, lived a perfect life that He might offer Himself as a sacrifice for us. So often on Easter Sunday we focus on the empty tomb and yes, that is the point of victory but the price that is paid is often forgotten. And so often we, we don't want to hear about the, the, the wretched blood that was shed for mankind. So often we want to turn away and not look at the, at the sacrifice that Jesus made. Jesus could have easily called a, angels down to take Him away from the, the pain and the punishment of the beatings that left them a bloody pulp, barely recognizable as a human being. He was, his skin was torn from his body as blood was spilt and the beatings the painful torture that he received the Bible tells us that uh, that Jesus Christ bore our burden on the cross but our punishment began long before punishment of the beatings and the suffering that Jesus endured. It was nearly to death before He even made it to the cross. The most gruesome part of all that whole experience was not the, the torture, the pain, the, uh, the, uh, the unbearable agony that Jesus experienced and, and the punishment of that he received before and during the time of, on the cross, but the, the greatest agony that Jesus felt was as he was on the cross. When he cried out to God and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, the sins of the world was being placed upon him, the one who knew no sin. was having his, the sins of the world placed upon Him. And Jesus Christ was being separated from God the Father because of our sin. And he 
died on the cross to carry our burden, to pay our penalty, to, to offer up the only sacrifice that could suffice. The Bible calls it the propitiation, the, the only sacrifice acceptable by God was a perfect sacrifice that only Jesus Christ could give. He died on that cross and was laid in the tomb. Many in the world seek to discount the fact that Jesus was dead in the tomb for three days. Some say Jesus never really died, but He just merely swooned. He kind of passed out because of exhaustion. He clearly was under great stress. But they say that as Jesus' body was placed in the cool tomb and He was out from the harsh sun and He was there to uh, uh, in that tomb that He recovered somehow and got up and, and escaped the tomb. Others say that Jesus' body was... Uh, that He did die <coughs> as any human being would die. But He was no one special. He was just merely a teacher. And because His disciples wanted to have someone that they could build a religion around that they went in and deceived the soldiers that were standing guard and stole His body, paid them off, stole His body, take him, took Him to an undisclosed location where the rest of the world would believe that He had been risen from the dead. And others would profess and claim that uh, Nothing of the sort happened that Jesus merely died as, as countless thousands of other uh, uh, Jews died during the Roman occupation. He was placed in a tomb and it was hundreds of years later that the claim that Jesus rose from the dead arose simply so that there could be a church. All of these false claims want to, to discount all the proof and evidence of Jesus rising from the dead. And we see in Scripture, uh, in all four of the Gospels, uh, that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Here in uh, Luke chapter 24, we see now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone already rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed there about, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered His words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to the, all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. 
And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed him not. And then rose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he uh, beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves, and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they walked together in all of these things which had happened. They shared all of the stuff that happened. And we find that this is where the story gets really interesting and as those who have doubts about whether or not Jesus truly rose from the dead is countered by the countless eyewitness testimony of many over 500 who saw Jesus walking and talking after his resurrection. And as they were walking to Emmaus and traveling there, they were trying to get away from all the, the, the things that were happening. And these disciples, they didn't realize that Jesus had raised from the dead. They, they saw all of their world just come crumbling down as the one, that, the teacher that they were following, the one that they uh, were expecting to be so much, to be the Messiah, to be the one to lead them to a brand new day of deliverance from the oppression of the Romans and all other uh, enemies of Israel. They saw Jesus as, as the Messiah. Not the Messiah that you and I think of, but the Messiah that, uh, that the Jewish mind thought of was, was the reestablishment of David's throne in Jerusalem. As Jesus, uh, as they're walking uh, uh, down their their recounting all the things that happened to Jesus and how he was taken by the Roman soldiers and they thought for sure that, that he would rise up and uh, an army and cause all the enemies of Israel to be overthrown. But with his arrest, they saw that all those plans, all those thoughts were crumbling down. As he was crucified on the cross, their hopes and desires of, of Jesus Christ being the one they had been waiting for for hundreds of years came crumbling down. And so they're on the road. And it came to pass that while they continued together and reasoned, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And they said to him, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Jesus said, what, what is it that y'all are talking about that's making you so sad and so forlorn? Why are you so upset? And one of them said, uh, whose name was Clophus, answered and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? He said, you must have been living under a rock. He says, you, you, you must be the only person that has not heard of all the things that has happened these last couple of days. He's talking about Jesus' crucifixion. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. 
and how the chief priests and, how, and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So what they were saying is, is yes, we, we know all the things that Jesus said and here's the third day and he's, died, he's dead and yet this is the third day. They hadn't heard that Jesus had raised from the dead. They hadn't heard that the tomb was empty. They still were without a clue that what Jesus had said had come about. They said, well, we thought that He was going to be the one. But it's been three days. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. When they found no, uh, not His body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that He was alive. <coughs> and certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even it, so as the women had said, but Him they saw not. They said, we thought it was Him. We thought He was going to be the one. And even uh, our women went to look at the sepulcher and it was empty. But they didn't see Jesus. You know, they were being like a lot of the people in this world today. They have to have uh, 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 evidence. They have to see Jesus themselves. They have to see uh, a giant cross in the sky. They have to have uh, uh, the clouds part and, and the rays of sun shining through the clouds and, and God speak to them and say, hey, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. They said, we didn't see Jesus. He wasn't there. And we thought it, He was the one but we found no evidence. Jesus says, O oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. He said, you had the empty uh, tomb. He said, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into His glory? Jesus said, you should have seen that this is exactly what had to happen. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And so Jesus begins to unfold one thing after another, all of the prophecies, all the things that are pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, is the one that was prophesied. He told them all the prophecies of the fact that uh, that. Uh, like from Isaiah 53 of how he had to go to the cross and suffer for mankind, that he would uh, be dead in the tomb for three days. He just lays it out for them. And as they get close to the place that they were going into a little village, he made out like he was going to go on further. And they said, hey, come on, you need to stop with us. It's getting close to dark. It's not safe for you to walk at night. You need to come on. It's, it's dangerous out there. Jesus went with them and they sat down and broke bread. And as Jesus prayed, their eyes were opened. They saw Him for who He was. And then they said, did not our... Listen to how 
meeting Jesus and seeing Jesus affected them. Now remember, they, they wanted to have visual proof. They wanted to have some kind of proof that, that Jesus Christ was alive and here He was in their midst. They said, well, we thought He was the one, but we didn't get to see Him. None of us saw Him. And so Jesus prays and their eyes open. They said to one another, didn't our hearts burn when He shared with us all the things that that He shared? Didn't our hearts yearn and burn? (coughs) Excuse me. Didn't our hearts burn with His words? They were so excited, even though it was dark, they they said, we've got to go back and tell everyone else. And so they they left and went all the way back to Jerusalem, told the disciples of all that they had experienced. Even though it was late at night, even though it was dangerous to travel at night, even though they had come all that way, they retraced their pathway and went all the way back so that they could share what Christ had done and said. And then Jesus appears to them. Verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus Himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and afraid and supposing that He had was just a spirit. And Jesus said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed, not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of raw fish, and he ate uh, and, and that of a honeycomb. And he broke it and took it and did eat before them. He says to them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. And then they op- uh, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witness of these things. And behold, I send you, uh, send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be uh, endowed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he left, uh, lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he departed from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And here's Jesus. He's with them. And the reason that that they had such hard difficulty in uh, believing that he was really there in front of them is they thought, oh, uh, we're just having a 
uh, mass hallucination. We're having a, uh, which is something that people have said, oh, we're, we're just having a, uh, a shared dream that uh, all the things that Jesus has said, we, it's, it was suggested to our subconscious and we're all uh, thinking and hoping the same thing. So we all are dreaming this. And, and then some of them are saying uh, to themselves, oh, I, I just can't believe it. It's not real. He's a spirit. So Jesus said, look here. Here's the evidence. Touch me. Feel me. And he also took something to eat, the fish and the honeycomb. Because spirits don't eat, right? A spirit doesn't uh, need nourishment. He, he took the fish and the honeycomb and he ate it in front of them as evidence that he was truly alive. He wasn't a spirit. He wasn't a dream. He wasn't, it wasn't a hallucination. He was actually there. And he blessed them and encouraged them and told them, what we all need to understand and know is, is that we can't hold this in to ourselves. We've got to share this with the rest of the world. We've got to share with the world all the things that Jesus had said and the proof and the evidence that Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. The witness that we bear is that we... When we accept Christ into our heart, we encounter Jesus Christ personally. He enters into our life. He fills us and blesses us. And Jesus then sends us out to share that with the rest of the world. None like any other religion in the world. Jesus Christ is not in the tomb. Oh, you can find Buddha's tomb, the sepulcher. You can find Muhammad's. You can find uh, Jim Jones and you can find uh, uh, Joseph Smith. All of them have died. All of them have, are still in the grave. But Jesus Christ died for us. Died in our place. Was dead and buried and then rose from the dead. The seal of God's approval, the seal of His accepting our, uh, our payment for our sin in Jesus Christ. The proof. Some say, well, uh, well, nobody saw Jesus rise from the dead. Nobody actually saw Him physically rise up from the dead. Uh, no, but we saw over 500 witnesses saw Him alive after he rose from the dead you don't have to hey there were some of us that were here this morning and saw the sunrise but the rest of you didn't wake up early enough to see the sunrise do you believe that it rose this morning well yeah we have evidence of it it's sitting in the sky now the same way jesus we didn't physically watch jesus as he rose from the dead there in the tomb, but 500 plus witnesses saw Jesus face to face, in person, touched him. Thomas uh, uh, said, I can't believe until I, uh, I see the nail prints in his hands and I feel the, the wound in his side. Jesus came to the disciples and said, Here, see the evidence, feel the wounds. It was made for us. We have true evidence in Jesus' resurrection. And today we're called 
to accept that gift of salvation, accept that gift of forgiveness that was born by His death on the cross. We're here today to accept that gift of eternal life that He paid for on our behalf. He rose from the dead so that we might have life, that we might have life abundantly with Him as a child of God, to be a part of the family of God, to unite with Him as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, that we might receive not just the payment of our sins, but that we might worship a risen Savior, that we might worship Him as Savior and Lord, that He had the victory over death and the grave, and in Him we too can have that same victory that we don't have to worry about death in the grave because He's overcome the, uh, that in our, for us, in our place. That he overcame death. He overcame the hold of death in the grave. That's for us. That's the gift that He is offering to us. And He is also offering us the opportunity to share that gift with others, to go forth and to proclaim His Word, to share with others what Christ has done for us. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we praise You and exalt You that You are a risen Savior, that our, You are the, our, the One who paid the price for our sin. That we no longer have to sacrifice an animal on the altar and spill blood because You shed Your righteous blood for us and You took upon Yourself our sins. That You gave Yourself as a willing sacrifice that we might have life. We praise You, Father, that Jesus Christ is not still in the grave, that He's still not uh, there in the tomb. But we worship a risen Savior. We pray, Lord, that You would give us life as Jesus Christ has life and is there at the right hand of the Father. Lord, we pray that You would help us to, to realize that that is an assurance that one day we too will be in Your presence, that we'll be face to face with our Savior, our Lord, and that we'll spend all of eternity with You. In Jesus' name we pray and give You thanks. Amen.